1: Purdue Global Purdue's online university for working adults start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu Ron and
2: Anian we're not ready for all-electric car future now? Or by 2035.
0: And yet, we're
3: barreling along to do this.
0: The Avodium Q36 Explosive Space Modulator.
3: It has a diaphragm on the bottom of that modulator, and I don't know if that can get old and brittle, and sometimes it's just not sealing well. It
2: can. Especially now we're, what are we, uh, 97 or 25 years old?
3: Welcome
0: to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and
2: call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now...
0: Yo! You weren't the real... Ronananian. You're you're an accent
2: figure. Here's Ronnie. Oh, trust me, baby. I'm real. And I'm ready to go this week. You know, where do I start? And somebody, well, somebody, someone always says to me, what are you talking about this week? I don't know. What are you talking about this week? I don't know. I can get down to five minutes before the show, and the answer is still, I don't know. And the reason is because I don't know which one of the 15 topics to talk about that I want to talk about. (sighs) Because this is National Radio Week, I'm going to do a segue. So I'll start out this way. Let's see how I do. My wife's 2018 Explorer came back from the local Ford dealer this week. And maybe it's fixed. Finally. Fifteen months later of dogged determination and trying, they finally came to a solution. And if it is fixed, it wasn't all the accessory protocol interface or APIM modules that they changed. It wasn't all the previous software updates that they did that Ford wrote specifically for hers and other vehicles like hers. Because as I understand it, there were more than a few of these generation explorers going through this where the radio heater, climate control would all lock up at various times. The cure was complete deletion of the software on the vehicle for this particular system and a fresh install. Took them almost a year and a half, a year and a half, 15 months. Now, you say to yourself, and you know what, I don't blame the dealer. The dealer was doing the best they could with what the information they had to work with. We all know dealers don't have all the answers. It has to come from a source. It has to come from the head of the horse. In this case, Ford Motor Company. Why didn't Ford, why wasn't Ford, why couldn't Ford be better prepared? I'm not picking on Ford here. I guess I am, but I'm not. You'll understand why in a minute. Did you see the news this week about General Motors and the Chevy Bolt? This is the segue part. That General Motors is recalling all 2020 Chevy Bolts because of fire risk. You know, repairing cars, defects in cars, fire issues in cars, software problems in cars, is a matter of corporate culture. It comes from the top. And you, you know... You, you, the person on the other side of this microphone, has to stop and think. Put your thinking cap on, all right? Do you believe everything they're telling you? You know, we've got a post, we've got more than a few. We've got a couple of posts up on Facebook. This week we've got a picture of a gas-powered van towing a diesel generator, charging an electric car in a parking lot, and the reaction Is And some people are saying, hey, that's not so bad. What's the difference between that and AAA, bringing you five gallons of gas? You're missing the point. It's going to happen on a wide-scale basis, a much wider-scale basis, because the last time I checked, it's easier to install gasoline in a car in six minutes than it is to recharge a car in what likely, from what I read, is anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. It's, you can't carry electrons around in a can in the trunk. It doesn't work. Well, I guess you could. It's called a booster pack. What will that cost? The real interesting thing, and I said this to Tom before the show today, that all of you are missing is, and no one has commented on it, I should make this a contest and give something away, but I'm just, I want to move the day along. What you're seeing in that picture is a symbol of the future you're seeing a fossil fuel generator charging an electric vehicle because that's the way it's going to work. We're not getting rid of fossil fuels. We're using fossil fuels somehow, some form, coal, diesel, gas, whatever, not gas, but you get the point, to charge electric vehicles. Unless, and I'm trying to base this on facts, you know me, as James LeBreck, the energy advisor to the governor of Maine that we had on the show back in April said, And I quote, and Tom could find this quote if he wanted to, but I don't think he has the time. He said, if the state of Maine went all electric today, as of that moment in April, the state would need to build seven nuclear power plants to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity to charge all the electric vehicles. How did we miss that point? Are all of you like, do you hear that? But yet, you're going to believe everything the government tells you. Which I could get political and ask you: Do you believe everything the government tells you, especially after this week? Do you really want to believe it when they say, "Hey, by 2030 or 2035, we're going to have all electric vehicles, and it's going to be, it's going to work wonderful"? There's an article beyond the GM recalls all Chevy bolts. God, I was reading this. It's a defect in cells that were made in multiple plants. So it's a defect in the vehicle that's causing the fires in the Chevy Bolts that's occurring because of problems at multiple plants, multiple levels. Yeah, I know. There's recalls and, and there's defects in gasoline-powered vehicles, too. But let's see. What's easier to contain? A fire in a gas car, 20 to 30 minutes? Or a fire in an electric vehicle, 24 hours? And in all fairness, 8 to 24 hours. Not to mention the pollution the damage to the environment, the shutting down of the roads, the cost of keeping the fire crews on watch for the length of time until they know the battery is out. But you guys are going to readily accept this. I talked to someone this week. She drives a Tesla. We had a great conversation. I I tell you, it was just, you know, uh, there's a lot of things I could say, some of them not acceptable for family radio and probably not politically correct, but I just sat and listened, and it was like, I thought I could hear the hissing between her ears Um, in that she just doesn't understand it. Not because she's a she. She just doesn't look at. And I think you guys are all some of you, not all of you, are being trained to ignore, to look at the facts. Where will the electricity come from? That's all I'm asking. People are telling me, hey, Ron, you're against electric cars. No. Ron is against stupidity. Ron is against doing something that doesn't make sense. You're telling me, drive around wherever you are. And I read the Facebook posts, and I see them, and I know where we are. We're on affiliates in remote parts of the country as well as big markets. And you're all saying the same thing. Where will we put all the charging stations? How will we get electricity to the charging stations? Of course, the obvious answer is we're going to mount solar-powered charging cells on the roofs of the cars and charge by the sun. Of course, that means nobody will go out in the dark. I had to explain that to somebody a couple of weeks ago. They couldn't understand that concept. That was like, wow. Um, You know, just... It's got to make sense. It's got to put us in a position of winning. And then you have to remember, and I keep coming back to this thought, we've had calls from Mexico, we've had calls from overseas, other parts of the world are going, we're not switching to all electric vehicles. So where will the saving of the environment come from? What is the real reason they want us to go to all electric vehicles? You've got to ask yourself that question. Please, if you do anything in the next seven days, ask yourself that question. Why? Why do they want us to go to all electric vehicles? Just for the joy of creating something new? You know, I I, I have relationships with a lot of automotive instructors from around the the country and around the world, and we all talk and uh, reference the same concept. And I say, you know, do you think we'll be all electric in less than 10 years, 15 years? I haven't, had, I haven't found one yet that says, A, we'll be there based on the technology we currently have, and B, I haven't found one that says, we've got the repair teams and the ability to repair these vehicles in the repair shops because they're having a hard enough time dealing with gas-powered cars, emission controls, and OBD, too. I don't know, but if you're a Chevy Bolt owner, uh, the expansion of the recall comes after a 2020 model year Chevy Bolt caught fire this week in the United States. A video has been posted to YouTube, but it was removed a few hours later. Hmm. Is that censorship? Oh, I can't say that word. And users on Reddit noticed that it was a newer bolt that wasn't subject to the original recalls. GM had already recalled the 2017 to 2019 model year bolts twice after the initial fix in which new software was, helped supposed to, was supposed to help stop any fires from happening. Well, I could tell you how they could get that to work. If you want to prevent the fires from happening, make the software not allow the car to start, there won't be any fires. Well, no, that's probably not true. The charge cell. We'd have to put a disconnect switch. That'll be it. You know, maybe GM's going to start selling you a horse so you could pull your electric car around. You know, with reins, they'll cut a hole through the windshield. You get this optional windshield install kit. You can, like, you know, giddy up and steer like a...
1: <sighs>
2: okay. Just don't step in the exhaust. Just don't step in the exhaust. I'm going to pull over now because, God, I got more fired up than I wanted to. I got all these electric car stories to talk about. And I'm just reporting the news. You know, Tesla autopilot under federal investigation for crashes with emergency vehicles. Did you read this one? This one, I won't, I won't read the whole thing. This comes to us, uh, this was dated August 16th. 765,000. 765,000, Tesla models, Y3, S, and X, are part of this formal federal investigation. Tesla's autopilot system is under federal investigation. The National Highway Traffic and Safety Authority announced it is formally looking into the safety of of Tesla's Autopilot Level 2 driver assist functions. But you guys are all going to be happy driving electric vehicles because nobody's nobody's protesting this. I... (laughs) uh, Sheep. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming back. I'll be calm right after this.
1: At me!
0: For the best in car advice, give Ron a call, 855 560 9900. Now, back to Ron. I'm
2: back. And before I go to the phones, I just have to make this last comment for the moment. If it took them 15 months to figure out what was wrong with my wife's Explorer, and that was a software-related issue, and that was only a navigation radio climate control system that would lock up, how long will it take them to figure out what the software problem is and the defect is in electric vehicles that have everything going wrong with them from navigation to catching fire, minor problem, to autopilot? That's all I'm going to say. you got to watch what car companies tell you. Nothing is absolute. Let's get over to when you uh,
1: came back. You were going to be calm. Who do you think you are, Louis Black?
2: I am calm. This is this is calm. So, well, Tom, because it doesn't make sense, and you know, oh, I agree. Listen, You're, I'm not arguing you, with you that. Want, you want me to keep going? There's an article on CNBC.com right now: Fires, probes, and recalls. The shift to electric vehicles is costing automakers billions. Just came out Thursday this week, August nineteenth. The opening line, as the Biden administration pushes for half of new car sales to be electric by 2030, automakers are spending billions of dollars to produce electric vehicles, and they're already having problems. So that's billions with a B. Wait, we're going to talk about this article later on this hour, because in here, they talk about how, from the government, the current administration is proposing legislation which will give tax incentives and corporate relief. So guess who's paying for the electric cars? You, the American taxpayer. But... You guys are okay with that, because I don't see anybody protesting. Peter in Massachusetts. Let's go fix a gas car. This hey. is something we can do. Yes, sir. How can I help? How are you tonight, uh, today, uh, Ron? Um, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm sort of calm, but they like me when I'm feisty. It, it gives everybody something to talk about.
4: 2010, yes. Toyota Matrix, 1.8 liter. Okay. 103,000 miles. Okay. The automatic transmission fluid is dark. All right. I'd like to change it, but I'd like your advice on that because I'm always afraid if you drain it, it's the transmission's going to slip afterwards, or you're going to have troubles.
2: In, in my, I'd ask you, uh, your. In in Sorry, my please. experience, Peter, and I've only been doing this 45 years. so I haven't decided if I want to do this as a career yet. Um, okay. I, I've yeah. got I've got to say I don't know I don't want to be when I grow up. I'm I'm still working on that. Uh, you know, I've got to say that you know the only time i see changing i've seen changing fluid affect a transmission to the point of ruining it was in a transmission that already had problems however i'm always cautious even when i'm faced with a situation like yours so i would do this in two steps first of all this is toyota ws fluid. This is their never-needs-to-be-replaced fluid. Look at that. A car company lied to you. And... Blacker than the inside of a hat. Right. Because things are breaking down and, you know, it, it just gets worn out. Listen, I've had Toyotas yeah. with 75,000 miles on them that actually chatter in the trans slips and it's because the okay. additive package in the trans fluid is worn out and change the fluid and the problem goes away, but car companies car companies don't lie they rate their systems accordingly so at least it has a drain plug right and that's where i would start i would start with a drain and fill you're probably going to get oh three quarts in it if that and if there's no yep. if there's no dipstick there's a specific procedure filling it from the there side the, there's a dipstick so it makes it easy beautiful uh you know it's going to be drain the fluid i wouldn't worry about the screen right now that should be a brass screen. If there is a. No, pa- no, no fluid, no no regular fil- snap in type filter. Well, there might be, all right, depending upon which trans this is. So, what I was going to say was go look up a trans filter kit online. Go out to O'ReillyAuto.com. Okay. Go out to a website. Go out to yep. com You can plug in the year make model of the vehicle and look up the trans yep. filter kit. They should show you a picture of the filter and you'll see what it is. If it's a brass screen, I wouldn't worry yep. about changing it yet. Okay, we'll okay. do that. We'll do that when we lower the pan on the second pass through. All right. Okay. But what I would do is drain it. If it's a brass screen, leave it alone. If it's a if it's a paper filter or a you know a a, a, a pleated filter, then by all means, yep. go ahead, order it, and you know replace the filter. Drop the pan, replace the filter, etc. Fill the trans yep. up, drive it. You'll probably get like I said, three maybe three and a half quarts of fluid in there. Okay. That's it. Put 5000 miles on it. In okay. 5 to 8000 miles, go back to change it again. Drop the pan, change the filter this time, wash the pan out, clean it up. Yep. And then and then yep. when you and then when you go to change the rest of the fluid, what I want you to do is find the two return lines. All right? Okay. Put both return lines, you might have to put extension hoses on them. You can if you can figure out which one is pushing the fluid out of the trans great if not just drop them both into a pan put enough hose on there so you don't make a mess and running the vehicle fluid's going to drain out of the trans through one of the return lines fill it through the dipstick all right and just keep fluid in it i'm not worried so much try and keep pace with the return line with the fluid coming out you know and this is a this is a buy eye buy feel this could be a two-person job makes life a whole lot easier all right and just keep fluid in it. Just don't run it dry, all right? When you see the fluid... Put
4: the long funnel on there and just keep... Yeah,
2: put one funnel on and just keep pouring it in. You know, don't overfill it. Don't drown it. But, you know, like I said, keep pace. And when you get to the point where the fluid comes out of the return line and it's red... Stop yep. shut shut the car off or you want to let it run uh, you know stop adding fluid let it run until it sputters out the return line don't let it go too long shut the car off put your return lines back together fill your trans fluid start with a 2 quart fill a 3 quart fill Whatever you're comfortable with, keep adjusting your level until you get to the spot where it's full. You're good to go. Proper procedure. All right, and that should do it. See what that does for you, and that'll get it all cleaned out, and you've got a clean pan, too. I'm Ronan Annie in the Car Doctor, coming back right after this.
1: Purdue yeah, a
4: Welcome
2: back, we're on Annie the Car Doctor. Let's get over to Janet in North Carolina 13 Honda. Janet, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help?
3: Hello, thank you for taking my call. And I just wanted to say I loved your opening comments. Um <laughs> It's always astounded me. My dad was a coal miner, and I've always known that fossil fuels were the heart of energy, and I just never could understand why nobody, else, hardly any of these new young people could understand that.
2: Well, you've got to remember, they understand that, you know you know where electricity is going to come from, the power of the cars. comes out of that those two holes in the wall. You just plug the cord in, and it just magically appears. It's magic. It's because we're not, you know, listen... I'm going to get political. They'll throw me off the air in two weeks. Um, It's it's there's just Janet. There's just no logic to it, and I could talk about it for hours. Because you see, you got to understand this. I come from the side of the world where I know we have to fix things, and I see the breakdowns in the supply chain. I see the breakdown in the way information is disseminated. Do you know this week? I'll tell you a quick story. Let me tell you my story before you tell me yours. Be be Dr. Janet for a minute. Let me let me get some therapy here, Janet. So, explain to me how we're going to create electric vehicles and an electric vehicle future, and things are going to be working so well when we can't get gas cars straightened out. We had an 05 Honda Accord. You ever hear of Honda? They're a car company, they sell cars. 05 yep. Honda Accord, we needed brake rotors for it. I couldn't buy a pair of front brake rotors for an 05 Honda Accord for the love of money. It was amazing. Just intergalactic outer space backorder, found a set at O'Reilly Auto Parts, use those. But look at the extremes that we have to go to. I had to get them on OReillyAuto.com. It's crazy. And you know we're seeing parts supply breakdown. We're seeing chain of command information breakdown. Yet we're going to go to an all-electric vehicle future where nobody has been able to tell me where the electricity will come from. And I'm hoping somebody can embarrass me and prove me wrong, but... I just want to know where we're going to get the electricity from and how it's going to improve the environment because it's not going to be dependent upon fossil fuel. Fair statement?
3: Yeah, I I chalk it up to ideological blindness. They don't want to know the answers or about to these questions because it interferes with their <laughs> dream world, with their bias or whatever, political...
2: You know, it just occurred to me. It sounds like a couple of years ago, when was it? Was it the House or the Senate? They had to pass a bill. They didn't know what was in it. They said, "Well, if we pass it, we'll be able to read it, and then we can understand it."
3: Something, Obamacare.
2: <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, there it was. There you go. Um, you know, it, it seems like this logic has permeated all levels of society today. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Janet. it
3: has because facts are no longer relevant.
2: Well, that's true. Um, maybe we're all applying for storytellers licenses If
3: if you're living in a dream world
2: yeah sooner or later that reality crashes down you know life is a great equalizer and i say this in all sincerity that you know sooner or later you're faced with the reality that you've there's just some things that you know that dog just ain't gonna hunt there no matter how many times you push it out the door and uh it's it's just got to work in such a way that has got to be common sense. And we'll see. You know what? My prediction, I bet you within the next four to six years, they're going to come out with, well, we can't make it an all-electric vehicle future. We're going to come back to this. Because I really think they're pushing for a different percentage of the vehicle population to be electric. Right now, they're just trying to sell us all on the idea. So, you know, if you squint real hard and you listen to these people talk about electric vehicles, you know, you could sort of see they might have been a used car salesman at 3 o'clock in the morning on late-night TV. So, um, anyway, Janet, how can I help you with your problem on your Honda? Janet? Oh, Janet's gone. Hey, like that, where'd Janet go? Um, Janet had some kind of issue with uh, oil consumption. I will tell you this, Janet, uh, I think we had a technical problem there. Maybe maybe Hurricane Henry is coming up the uh, coast. But uh, you are asking about oil quantity that particular Honda Ridgeline does take four and a half quarts of oil. So uh, just be aware of that. It's not six quarts, it's four and a half quarts. Let's get over to Randy in Missouri and uh, a John Deere diesel. Well, this will be outlawed shortly, so you won't be able to drive this much longer. So, how are you today, Randy?
4: Hello, Ron, how are you? Good,
2: sir. What's going on?
4: Well, I've got a 1965 4020 with a 404 diesel engine. Okay. And in that era, they had what they called weep holes in the side of the block. And I, my motor has not use oil. It runs great, but uh, I've never had one of them apart. I assume it's like an O ring on the s- sleeves, it's letting water. Right, to
2: set it in the and block. And water yeah. coming
4: out the center hole. Right. And is there anything, like K-Seal might make something or anything that maybe would soften these O-rings up so they wouldn't leak? Because well, I hate to spend $10,000 rebuilding an engine that runs perfectly fine.
2: Right. I'll, I'll say it like this. I would reference K-Seal on Monday. I would talk to their technical hotline. You'll find contact info at kseal.com and I would explain that to them, and I don't, I don't see an issue, but just because this is a little bit of an odd duck off the beaten path of normal you know, combustion engines, I would just run it past them to get their input, but to me, that sounds like a job made for Case Seal in that it's going to seal a cooling system issue and do what it's designed to do.
4: Now, I went to O'Reilly's, and they sold me, I have not used it yet because I want to talk to you, but they sold me a bottle of K Seal, ultimate permanent head gasket yep. repair, but it's not a head gasket. It's a, a cylinder liner seal.
2: Right. The Do you di- think the, the, that this would work? Well, the difference is my understanding of that is that K Seal Ultimate has thirty. I think it's. I think the actual number is thirty three percent more sealing power than conventional mm-hmm. K Seal. So, think of it if, if, if think of a bottle of K seal and a bottle of K seal ultimate side by side. K seal ultimate is K seal on steroids. All right, it's on, it's on That's vitamins. That's exactly
4: what it says 33% okay. more saving
2: power. Okay. So, but you know, as far as application, before you use that bottle, um, I would just run it past K seal themselves and talk to corporate, talk to tech line and verify that. I don't see why that wouldn't work. But like I said, because this is a diesel, a little bit uh, uh, something different than a normal combustion engine. I just want to be sure. I mean, bottom line, I don't see where you've got anything to lose. It's either a bottle of K Seal or, like you said, a ten thousand dollar engine rebuild. Uh, you know. Yeah,
4: I, and I, if it was worn out, I would be all for that. But it, where it doesn't use oil and runs great, it's right. safe to do that.
2: Right. And I,
4: I want to say this. Can I tell you one thing I've never heard you talk about? Go ahead. Uh, if you have a singular tire gauge and you check your tires with that singular gauge and you don't never check it with another tire gauge, how do you have any idea that it's giving you the right reading?
2: You probably don't.
4: I I had one time my Buick just got to riding terrible rough and I thought something's wrong with well, the Mechanic, there, my tires up with his tire gauge. I had like seventy pounds of tire in them. I've well, got three different gauges I cross reference with. <laughs>
2: so let me let me tell you. Listen, we don't have enough time. I'll tell you what. You stand the line, Randy. Let me let me let me hold you just for one more, and I'll come back. I'll just be one quick minute with you. I'll tell you the story of how I prevent tire gauge failure in the shop. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming back right after this.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
2: Welcome back. We're on the name of The Car Doctor. Uh, Randy, you're still there. I am. Yes, sir. Real quick. So obviously the answer is to have two tire pressure gauges. In the shop, we have two main tire pressure gauges, We have two auxiliary tire pressure gauges, and we have a master gauge that is literally sitting in a cushioned box that doesn't come out of the cabinet, but once every three months. And we use that to verify. That is a certified accurate gauge that was on the order of, I think, $200 when we bought it a couple of years back, and it doesn't get bounced around, it doesn't get jockeyed for position. We use it to calibrate all the air gauges in the shop, all the tire pressure gauges in the shop, because you're right, it is difficult. Although I've got to think a 70-pound tire, if I've got 70 pounds of air in a tire and I don't realize it, I, I, I've got to look at the tire itself, how long does it take to put air in that tire, how much of a bulge. You know, usually I see tires go off with a gauge, I'll see tires off by, you know, a couple of pounds, five, six, seven pounds. I've never seen one be off by 30 pounds. I, I think some of that has to well, be mechanical. the way
4: i discovered this was driving at home i thought my god this buick's riding rough
2: right right <laughs> and it was well yeah and i think you would notice that yeah. i think i think most people would notice that so i almost think that's a little bit of mechanics negligence um don't don't think that's so much on tire I, pages, I think it was yeah but you're absolutely right always look at the gauge randy i enjoyed the conversation sir you be well
4: thank you very much i appreciate all that i've learned from you're you
2: very welcome thank you sir let's get over to peter with an 08 honda accord peter welcome to the car doctor sir how can i help
3: hi ron i have a 2008 honda accord um i have a p0172 fuel system two rich code stored in it okay Uh, it keeps coming back i've reset it a few times um i have done a little bit of diagnostic i just need some direction on which way to proceed
2: Okay. You, um, what en, what engine's in this, Peter?
3: It is the four-cylinder 2.4 All right. K-series.
2: Okay. And what have you done so far?
3: Um, I've just looked at some live data. I've done a visual inspection of the engine, just to see if I see anything obvious, which I did not. air intake hose, intake manifold, the brake booster, I tried disconnecting that. Um. As far as the live data, I mean, the long-term fuel trim was at minus 20%. Um, when I, After I reset the fuel trim, short-term fuel trim went to minus 7. It was kind of just hanging around there. Um, mass airflow sensor at idle, I had about 4.5 grams. At 3,000 RPMs, I had between 9 and 10. Okay. And this is actually my daughter's car, and with our schedules, it's kind of hard for me to spend a whole lot of time with it at one given point. So... I okay. haven't changed anything. I haven't replaced anything. I just kind of want to see which way I should be going. If you had any other suggestions, what we'll right. to check and where to go from there. So
2: at idle, fuel trims are negative, correct?
3: Yes. All right. Minus seven.
2: So here's something you don't hear me say a lot. All right? Okay. You know, key off, engine off, obviously. Disconnect the battery cable. Wipe out the fuel trims. Unless your scan tool has the ability to do so. Unless you can do a okay. fuel trim reset by scan tool. Start the engine do the trims go negative right away? If they do, and take a look at the rear O2 sensor. Obviously, you want to do this on a warm engine. If the rear O2 sensor shows rich, you may have a false reading air fuel sensor. Not the rear O2, but the front air fuel sensor itself. Difficult to diagnose what common what okay. ha- what happens is the front air fuel goes it, it's readings are skewed in the wrong direction and it upsets the entire apple cart all right okay now yep. you can look at the voltage on the mass airflow sensor at warm idle no load the voltage is typically mm-hmm. 1 1.1 to 1.2 volts it's pretty tight all right okay and if you took a free rev and you revved it up to 4500 rpm you'd probably see somewhere between 15 and 20 grams per second. Okay. All right. And then you want to look at fuel pressure and check for fuel in the purge system. Okay. If okay. you if you do put an air fuel sensor in that car, my two cents, mm-hmm. Honda only. I, I okay. Bu- I believe it's made by Denso. If you can find a Denso, check OReillyAuto.com, see if they carry Denso okay. as an air fuel sensor. But other than that, I've had issues with that particular vehicle. Not yours, but you know what I'm saying. Um, It it seems to be written very exact as far as software requirement, as far as hardware requirement, and the Honda OE air fuel sensors work the best. Okay. All right, sir.
3: Okay. Makes perfect sense what you said.
2: Okay. Good luck. Let us know what happens. You're very welcome.
0: Okay. Thank you.
2: You're welcome. Bye-bye. 855-560-9900. We're back right after this.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
2: Welcome back. I'm back. You know, it's funny. I think you can tell, maybe I'm getting older, but I think you can tell the age of the mechanics working on the vehicle by the questions they ask. I was, I was on Mitchell1.com looking at the sure Track Fix community, and there was a gentleman on there talking about he had an 07 Ford van with a 5.4 liter, and they couldn't get, the problem was that air comes out of the defroster vents under load, and they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't understand why, you know, the vacuum or the um, air conditioning would default to the defroster ducts while they were accelerating. That was one of the first things we learned uh, 40 years ago, and that it's always going to be a vacuum supply problem. We always thought it would be a vacuum supply problem, but it was just it was just kind of interesting. And then I could tell the fellow that gave him the fix was probably an old guy like me because he knew right away that, hey, you go look at airflow switching um, valves and you go look at vacuum lines and you smoke check it and you kind of go through it. And the whole track fix uh, from the community there, they laid it out for him in perfect common sense, everyday terms. And um, he was able to resolve it. And it was just kind of uh, just made me think that maybe you can tell age by, you know, some of the questions that these guys and some of the problems that they're having. But uh, more fixes like this available out at Mitchell one.com dot com. Take a look at their SureTrack fix library. And, um, you know, their real fix SureTrack stuff works really well. Mitchell one.com dot com. Um, hey, listen, a special thanks as always, because uh, this hour has just kind of flown by to executive producer Tom Ray for always being there for me and helping to produce this show as well as Jeff Firestone, producer that uh, reports to us from the field with some of his stories and comments and questions. Thanks to Jeff Firestone. To Research Kathy who this show wouldn't be the same without her for all her tips and tricks and all the things that she does to help move this show along and keep it uh, keep it flowing, as it were, and make this show work and uh, make it into what it is. And uh, to each and every one of you for being part of the Car Doctor family, for being here and listening to uh, to all of it. Some of it good, some of it may be hard, but uh, we appreciate you being here. As always, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor reminding you, till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.